Well, it's not really summer. It's it's like just before spring. They send they send uh, the students to Spain to so that you can go on the beach and you have your dance classes there. So I went to Spain, and there was this big band. And I was playing for classes. And there was this big, every class I played, there was this big man sitting beside me, listening to me and making notes. Now, I didn't know who he was or what he was doing, so I thought maybe it was uh, Swedish press or something, you know. So anyway, when I get back to Stockholm, a woman calls me, and she says, there's a film director named Turiven Udolf. And what was that name again? Or even Udolf was a film director. How would you spell that? Any guess? <laughs> T O R uh, dash I V A I V I V A N I think. Okay. Tor even and his last name O D O L F. Okay. Oh great. So she says uh, he's interested in he's interested in uh, you doing something for his film. So I go and I meet him. He says, yes, we're doing a film called Stockholm Summer and blah, 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 and we'd like you to be part. We don't know. We haven't written a part, but we're going to see what we can do and see. And uh, it'll give us a test to see how you look on the screen. About. So they put me in a few scenes. Nothing talking, but I was playing drums in a couple of scenes and stuff. Uh, with the with the the main actor, I was uh, at her house and she was she was uh, dancing, and I was playing drums, and her boyfriend come in and pissed off that I was there, and uh, uh, I didn't have no, I didn't have nothing to say, you know, but anyway, the guy pissed me off. He was acting, but he really pissed me off. Uh-huh. I mean, I was supposed to exit. And I was just supposed to exit, but uh, when I exited, uh, I, I offered him my hand, and he just ignored it. And they said, "Oh, that was great, uh, you know." And uh, but the guy really pissed me off because he was, but he was acting, you know. Right. I'm his a girlfriend, and he didn't like it, and he played his part well because he made me it pissed me off. Yeah. You know? <laughs> So uh, I think that was the only scene they kept that I was in the picture. Oh, it might be another scene or something like that. What's the name of anyway, the movie? What's the name of the movie? It was Stockholm Summer. Stockholm Summer, okay. Great. Okay, so the, uh, they did the movie. They edited it and they brought it out. And I think the movie ran for about six days. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was a flop. But before <laughs> that, I had I had done the music for the film. Just drums, but I had done the music for the film. Okay. That was, a, that was a, guess what he was interested in, uh, while he was sitting making notes and stuff. So he told me, you know, out of what he could remember what I was playing, he told me what he, and so I did the soundtrack. Now, when they get a review, when the review comes in, the review was negative to the film, but they said the best part of the film was the music. <laughs> Well, we become very good friends. Yeah, to even and and uh, and the star Lena Matson. Who what was that name? The, uh, the star of the film was uh, Lena Lena Matson. Well, how, how would you spell that? I mean, it was L E N A M A D 
S E S E N. Okay. Okay. Lena, and she was a uh, she, she had been in the states for about five years, and she was a big model for Harper's and all that stuff. But now she had gone back, and she wasn't want to model anymore. And she was taking jazz ballet, and she was acting uh, in movies and stuff. So I, I got a chance to know her, and we liked each other. And, you know, we were not not uh, lovers, we just liked each other. And uh, we were good friends. We'd have dinner, and then uh, she eventually started taking classes at the ballet academy where I was working. Well, anyway, through that situation, uh, I got a chance to beat uh, a lot of people, whatnot. And I got into I got into the film film school. I went to film school for I guess it was three years. The first year you had to take still photography, which uh, I went through that class. I went through that year like a, a buzzsaw because I already had. Experience. I already had ideas about old composition. Right. So I mean, I went through that class with the highest marks, and then you have to go through that to get into the uh, documentary film school. So then after that year, I got into the film school. I went through that, and after halfway through the film, halfway through school, uh, one of the uh, best known actors in Sweden wanted to make a film. So uh, I was acting. I was doing. The, I did the sound, and I did some some field work in the film. We did a film called uh, Green. What's the name it was? Yeah, uh, my name is Ava Lundin. My name is who? Ava Lundin. But I made enough money from that film that I could buy my. I bought my own film camera. Okay. Bought an Agra. All right. Yeah. yeah. So, how would you spell that film's name? It's, uh, huh? How do you spell that name of the film? It's the film. Yeah. Uh, Ava Lundin. You want it in Swedish or you want it in English? Well, English is okay. <laughs> My name. You can spell that. Okay. It's A B O N L U N D I N. Okay. Okay. So you bought a Nagra. Yeah. I that must have been a, pretty exciting. I bought an Eclair. Wow. I bought an Eclair camera. Uh, what kind of camera? Eclair. An e Eclair, okay. Yeah, NPR, which is a professional camera. Wow, okay. And uh, I bought a Nagra. And I bought some microphones. Wow, you're ready to go there. Wow. Yeah, because we we got a company. You know, some of us from the school, uh, we, got a, we got a little company together. Okay. And so uh, that, that our, first, our first job was that was making that movie with the uh, Paraskison. With whom? Now, the the actor's name was, uh, which is very, very well known in Sweden, his name was P-E-R-O-S-C-A-R-S-S-O-N. Uh -huh. Okay. Paraskison. Okay. We did this film with him, and, and uh, you know, I made enough that I could get uh, a 16-millimeter, good 16-millimeter camera and get the dog and cases and all of that stuff. And uh, after that, uh, I finished school. And what happened was that uh, uh, I couldn't get a job because I didn't want to take out Swedish citizenship. Okay. 
which means I would have had to become a Swedish citizen and get a Swedish passport and become Swedish to be able to work on television. Because when you sign a contract with the work for television, now all my classmates eventually went to television. Uh, but when you sign a contract with television, you got to go. Well, I guess you have an office or what, but you got to go wherever they send you, when they send you. Okay. And it might mean a military installation or, you know, something that uh, they don't allow foreigners to see. Okay. Well, my, me being a foreigner, I couldn't do that. So they gave me, I worked in television as uh, freelance. And, uh, you know, they would call me to go out and do some, some news news. Uh, shorts or something like that. But it, uh, the pay wasn't all that good. I still had to work as a musician to maintain myself because I was no longer working at Ballet Academy because I had quit that job and you know, and I was trying to work as a filmmaker. Anyway, I got invited to, to go to the main film school. But uh, I passed all the tests except one. And that was, uh, they give you a roll of film, a color film, and you put it in your still camera, and you got to do a storyline. And they give you a, a location where you do the storyline. And what happened was they gave me the film house. And you only have a half hour to do it. So this thing, everything is spontaneous. They want to see how your mind works. My mind was a blank. I couldn't see anything I could put together, except uh, I saw the police coming in a helicopter, landing, landing behind the, uh, landed behind the film, film house. So I, I took stills of that, and then I followed the police until they went in the door. And then five minutes after they went in the door, I went in the door. I went in and, and like, tried to follow them. But I don't know where they went, so I never could. I'm, now I've shot I've shot 18 frames of my 24 frames, and I have no ending. You're stuck, yeah. I'm stuck. So I go into, uh, I go into the film house, and... Uh, I do like I'm the policeman. I make believe that the camera is the policeman and what the policeman sees. And he goes, uh, he goes to the, he goes to the bar, and he gets a beer. You know, so I take him pictures of uh, the bar where he sits down. Then I take a picture of the guy, the waiter coming up with the glass of beer, and I'm out of film. So uh, I turned the film in. You have to wait two two weeks for an interview. But they didn't say anything about they didn't say anything about my photographs because they don't return them to you because they give you the film and, and they give you a note that uh, all the pictures that you take is their property. Okay. So, but uh, I had an interview and the guy told me that uh, consider myself worthy and to even be chosen because only six people, uh, 16 people out of the whole of Sweden is taken into the school. And they're saying that uh, they don't see anything for my record. 
and for our films that I have worked on, they don't see that I need any further, that they could teach me anything more than what I have. And uh, so they regret that they they didn't they didn't approve me for a student. But you know what happens is not what is not what you learn. It's the prestige from coming out of the school. Right. Yeah. Well, anyway, it, even with that, uh, I have made this film, and so uh, uh, in school we had to do a film. The last year we had to do a film. Our whole team, we just picked teams. We had to do a film, so those films go into to, to film festivals. Now, the film that I work with, I just did sound. I didn't do, I didn't do any. Well, I was, I was ruled out that somebody else got the the, the film camera work, but I was doing sound because I was good with sound. So I was the first choice for doing the sound. So. I did the whole sound for the picture. The films, all the films went to these different film festivals. The film that I work on is the only film that won a prize. We had the best technical film. And the film won the prize for the best sound, which I did. So then I started getting offers for... uh, I started, getting, and this is after I had gone made the tour with Southern Ryan going back to Sweden. Right. And I started getting offers from from different countries to work in their film departments. I got an offer from Greece. I got an offer from Turkey. I got an offer from Egypt, and I got an offer from Nigeria. What 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 year is this now? This is about nineteen. This must be about nineteen. 70? 70, 71 or 70 or 71. Okay. Well, 71 you were in Berkeley, right? Yeah, it was uh was uh after Berkeley that I got the I got the job. I took the job in Nigeria. Okay, right. Okay. Now, uh so uh I took the job in Nigeria because I had never been to Africa. Lagos? Uh yeah, I went to Log- La- Lagos. Lagos. But, uh, yeah. The department I was working, I was the head of, I was director of cinema photography for the River State, and 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 that was in Port Hawk. It was maybe, maybe 1,200 miles from Lagos. You know, it used to be by Biafra. I take I take Nigeria, because I've never been to Africa, and I wanted to see, you know, maybe I have some roots there or whatnot. So I go to American Embassy with this contractor and whatnot. So they told me, uh, uh, American Council, I think they went to, they told me, uh, you know, this contract is not even worth the paper that's written on. That it's the military government. They can kick you out of the country anytime they want to, or they can kill you, and we can't do anything about it because they can hide it for so many years because there's so many places that we can't go and we can't do and we can't investigate. So we would advise you not to take this job. So I thought, oh, the hell with it. I'm going to take it. It was a really good paying job. I'm going to take it anyway. So I took the job, and I went to Nigeria. After 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 I did that tour with Sonra, uh I went to Nigeria. And I worked there for three or four years. 
I was making good money, but I couldn't take it out of the country. I could only take out $2,000 a year. So, but what's dangerous about there is to have money. And, you know, somebody, if you have money, somebody's going to find out about it. And they have robbers there, and they kill you. So I, I was advised by lawyers there to put the money in the bank. I put the money in the bank. So when I got paid every every three months, I would put the money in the bank and just keep out like maybe $5,000 to, to spend on whatever for food and stuff like that. Although my food was free, I didn't like the food that, the, you know, so I would buy my own food. And, uh, you know, I could uh, go to Sweden. Well, we, whenever we went to Sweden to edit the films and stuff like that, they they all they gave me I could take out a lot of money, but it would be government money pay for pay, you know like they pay you so much for every day they pay you so much for hotel they pay you so much for this it income turns out to be like uh, maybe sixteen thousand seventeen thousand dollars, and so we go to we go to Sweden twice a year to to get the film out of the laboratory and start editing. We edit a film in Stockholm, and it usually would take us three or four weeks to edit a film and then go back to Nigeria. Well, I would send that money home because it didn't cost me that much to live in, in Stockholm. Uh, and then have to stay in a hotel because I had a lot of girlfriends. And my... Well, anyway, my mother died. My father died first, then my mother died. And I came home, the house was burned down. And uh, nobody wanted to take care of all of the stuff. Nobody had no money that they wanted to put in the house. And in the meantime, nobody had paid the taxes on the house. What happened was my brother tried to collect the insurance that the house was in my name. So we had problems with the insurance company, and this went on with years. So I figured, well, by the time I get the money from the insurance company, I have paid the lawyers more than that so I said the hell with the insurance and so then I stayed home I didn't go back to Nigeria and they fired me now when they fired me they uh, they took all my money out of the bank so immediately when they did that I went back to Stockholm and I put a lien on the on the negatives okay. have all the negatives in the laboratory in Stockholm because they have no they have no facility to store anything in Nigeria. Plus, it's humid there, and the right. would disintegrate. So I had all the negatives in the laboratory. So I got a lawyer, and I put a lien on it. I put a lien on on the film, unless they, they can't get the film until they pay me. So they didn't want to pay me. So after the law, of, uh, after so many years, the film becomes mine anyway. It's all under the Swedish law. It's already my film because I'm the I'm the one that, who did the film, and since I didn't get it paid, I have artist the artist's right. In Sweden, the artist has a right unless he sells it. So if I'm doing a film for somebody, and say somebody hires me to do a film, documentary film or something like that, and then at the end of the film. They have paid all expenses, but they decide that they don't want to produce the film and they don't want to pay you the rest of the money that they owe you. And so they just drop it. 
Well, they have artists right there. The artist has can claim all the material, everything. So everything has to be turned over if they decide not. Well, the same thing applied since I was living in Sweden. The same thing applied for Nigeria. Since they they put down the program and they was charging, they took my money and said that uh, uh, they was uh, since I had disbanded the program that they had to start over again and they didn't want somebody to come in and try to finish the work that I started, so they had to start anew and they was taking my money to finance it. So, okay, I went and I put a band on the film. And the film is still in the laboratory and the Statue of Liberty has brought out. So now the film is mine. It must be about uh, maybe 40 hours of film. Negatives. Now, uh, the reason I haven't done anything about it was because I was working for the, uh, the government and we was going in and we was filming stuff that they weren't Nigerians don't even know about because each each place where you go in they have their own cultural thing and it's private it's private to that clan or whatever you call it but because it was Black Arts Festival the government gave us permission and since it's military government and the military government has guns uh, we could we, had, we could go in and film you know and they was quite we, we they was quite glad you know like the government would supply them with the, whatever they needed and we go in and and film whatever we needed you know so we got I got lots 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 of hours of uh cultural stuff that that most Nigerians never seen unless they come from that village you know, and it's different when you go village to village and go into state by state. Everything is different. So now I own that film, but I don't want to. I don't want to sell it to a foreign government. I don't want to sell it. I would like to return it to the people of Nigeria, but I'm not going to do it unless they, unless they compensate me. So, uh, but I've been advised. Don't go back to Nigeria. Don't ever take the film back. If they're gonna, if they're gonna take the film, you be out of Nigeria. If you make a deal, let them come to Stockholm and take the film. Don't deliver the film because you, it's a military government. You don't know what they're gonna do. They can be agitated or whatnot. Okay. But it seems like they don't care about it. They don't care about it at all. So they have never, they have never. Uh, they have never come. Uh, the laboratory said they have never come and asked about the film or made any, yeah. anything. W were you so part? Now I got all this film sitting in the laboratory in Stockholm. Maybe I have to go this year and see about it because they wrote me a letter and talking uh, talking about that. Uh, if I'm going to edit the film and use their facilities, that uh, they will never charge me storage. But since it's been such a long time, they got to, they said that uh, they they debating whether they're going to charge me storage if I keep the film there. So I got to figure out what I want to do with the film. Yeah. Maybe I'll just return it to them any for you know anyway because it really belongs to the people of Nigeria. It's uh, well I feel that way anyway. And it's a lot of stuff on there that. Uh, 
You know what had happened before I got that job? All film stuff was done by was done in England, and they was get ripped off royally. Cause the guys would come in, they would charge them for the film. They would do negative film, charge them, charge them for everything, and then they would edit the film and just give them the copy back. The negatives would go to the museum, the museum, the British Museum was buying the negatives from the filmmakers that was hired by Nigeria. They would, because the Nigerians didn't even know their negative exists. And so these film, these people that they hired to run the film, the film sections, was ripping them off royally. They didn't know anything about it. All of this stuff, for years, their culture has been done, and they think that they have the only record is the film that they was that they got back. They think that's the only record, but they don't know that the negatives and everything, uncut negatives. And everything is in, it belongs to the uh, the British Museum. So I found this out. I found this out. I found out what they was doing. And so they offered me a job to be the film director for Nigeria. And some big people was doing it. And so when I was being interviewed, I was naive. And I dropped a name because they asked me a question. You know, uh, would you, would you, uh, uh, how much money would you be uh, accept to take this job? You know, and we had been through that already. We had, we had been through everything, and I didn't know. I don't think they were supposed to ask me that question. But anyway, they did, and I said, yes, well, we already have already discussed that with, with Dean so-and-so and so-and-so. Oh, man, they said, uh-oh, they smelled the mouse right away. Uh-huh. And so they cut the interview short, and, and I couldn't get the job because they thought this was, it was, it was on the up and up, except they should have gave a report. They should have, and it was for a university. The job was for the university, but I was going to be working for the Nigerian government. But I was going to be working in the university, and I thought I didn't know that uh, that uh, they just couldn't do that. That they had to have more people submit submit uh, uh, bids, right? I didn't know that, and apparently. They had they had done away with the bids and they done done away with all bidders from all countries, and uh, and we had come together before even before the interview, uh, how much I was going to get paid, where I was going to stay, where I was going to live, and how many years and whatnot. So when I dropped this when I dropped this uh, dean's name, that was it. That was it. Uh, they just stopped the interview. And said it's something irregular here and have to be investigated. <coughs> so the professor said to me, uh, "Listen, let's forget about it, and you 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 continue the work you're doing, and in three years, it's going to be a different 
probably going to be a different government, and we'll do it again. Uh, but this time, you know, my mother and father died, and so I never went back to Nigeria. So uh, just as well. But uh, that was the end of my filming career. I didn't have no no job to film anymore because I come back home there. I come back and I went to all the TV stations and film, and they gave me the run around and. I probably put my resume in the trash can as soon as I walked out the door. But I was in this catch-22. you got to be in the union to be considered for a job for, like, ABC or whatnot, television right. or any film company. And you go to union, you can't get in the union unless you have a job. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. Yeah. you gotta have a you got to have a job to get in the union. you got to... Uh, uh, you got to be in union to get a job. And so it comes down to who you know. Right. Now, I didn't know anybody. Uh, later, I, I knew Newman, you know, that made the sunrise. Jim Newman, right. But I never thought about him. I never thought about going to California. I just wanted to do some TV work here, you know. Right, right. I wanted to get a job, you know, a TV cameraman or something like that. But I never wanted no studio job. I wanted to be like news. Right, out. Yeah. yeah. Out in the streets. But I wasn't even considered. Well, uh, so I decided I would go to NYU. And I was accepted right away. But I don't know what happened. I went I went on tour with Sunra. What year was this? I don't remember. 75 or 6? It was when I came back from Nigeria and I came home. 75, something like that? Or? Yeah, I probably 79. Oh, 79 even. Uh-huh. Something like that. Yeah. So you got back together with Sun Ra. Yeah. And I started traveling with him and stuff like that. So I didn't have time to go. I mean, I said, well, this is just as good as uh, filming. And he wanted me to film... But carrying a camera around and then and carrying the drums at the same time, because uh, the camera was quite heavy and the tripod, and, and I had to carry recording equipment because we recorded everything we'd done. Oh, yeah. And so it was too much, so I had to leave the camera and stuff behind. I took it a, I took it a couple of times, but uh, when we got there, it'd be so, so much commotion that he didn't want to buy the film, and I decided I'm not going to buy pay $200 for a roll of film and never see it, you know. So I decided I, I stopped I stopped doing the, I stopped doing sort of photography for some of Because I just couldn't afford to do it. Oh, it's I couldn't afford the tapes and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's too bad you didn't have video back then. To, 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 for film, it's yeah. very expensive. It's too bad. And once I got the film in the can, he would put it in the laboratory and pay for that, but he never would pay for the film. And the film was expensive. 400 feet is $200 for a roll of film. And uh, that was more than he was paying me. And especially when I was buying like three rolls of tape, or four rolls of tape you know, for each job. I had at least four rolls of tape, you know. Of course, I could get, uh, I could get the rolls that had 3,600 feet. Uh, but that tape was so thin, and the plus it stretched. Right. Yeah, and that's true. And sound, not, you know, so I would have to get, uh, you know, the most, the the it was eighteen hundred feet. 
tape in the 1800 feet tape is about around 45 minutes recording time. So, you know, playing uh, half the time with the earphones on and uh, recording at the same time was, was quite a job, but it was intriguing. It was like, a, a, you know, it's a thing where I say, well, can I do it? And I would do it, you know. That's a lot but of the work. The problem is that the only time I would see the tapes back again was when he was editing the tape for a record. Then I had to bring the Nogra and edit the tape because the Nogra was the only stereo recorder I had at the time. And that's the one I bought in Sweden. So I, the, the, the last recordings I made of something, I was all made on the Nogra. And uh, I would have to edit it on the Nogra because it's in stereo. Now, when I had the Ampex, that was really a job because Ampex was a half track. So I could record on both sides of the tape. And I never knew that he was going to put those tapes out for records. So I never considered just doing one side of the tape so he could edit the tapes. So when we did, when we went to California that time, he was doing tapes that I had done with, uh, like in the 60s, that we had done at Choreographer's Workshop. And I was editing those tapes, but I had to make copies first. I had to make copies of the tapes because I had I had uh, sound on both both tracks because it was a half track and it was going different directions. So I would have to put I would have to, to record one track on 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 the tape before I could edit it. But he he didn't care about the quality. Somehow I never record, cared about the quality. What he cared about was. What what was something on the uh, something on the tracks that he liked, and he didn't care about the quality. He put it out, you know. So so I had to be careful when I recorded. I did you know try and get the best quality I could get. Cause if it was a, a tape that he liked, he's gonna put it out with the quality. And one of these days, somebody's gonna know that I did the tapes. And uh, that's the way it worked. When was the last time you recorded Sun Ra? Beg pardon? When was the last time you recorded Sun Ra? Was it late 79? Well, on the last, the last years, the last year, I didn't record it. I videotaped it. Okay, what, this is about eight, 1989 or something? or? Well, when did he die? 93. Huh? 93. Well, two years before he died, I started videotaping Okay. Instead of recording. I would only record if he insisted, you know. But uh, I was good, so I couldn't hear it. I couldn't handle the drums and handle all that taping. Well, it got to be enormous taping equipment with mixers and stuff. And so I couldn't handle it, and there was nobody to help me. So I, I stopped the recording. And then he started going in the studios. You know, he started recording for companies, and we'd go in the studios. And uh, so uh, I was just doing eight millimeter videos. How many photographs do you think <coughs> you've taken over yeah, the years? I was doing, I did a lot of photographs. Now, what happened with my photograph, uh, I had my stuff in storage because 
uh, after a house burned down, uh-huh. uh, I didn't have enough room, so I put the stuff in storage. And in the last trip, I went to Europe. We went to Europe for something, and I forgot to pay the bill, the storage bill. But I used to pay it every three months. Uh-huh. I was paying it every month. I was paying it every three months. But they would let me go three months, and then I would pay pay them up, you know. But what happened was that when we went to Europe, and we stayed longer than we were supposed to stay, that when I got back, they had changed. They had changed the company. They had sold the company or one of the different managers, and so he auctioned my stuff off. But I was, ri- I think I was ripped off because I had noticed when I would go and get something out of uh, out of storage. Uh huh. You know, like I had a lot of whiskey. I was saving, like you know, when you go and play clubs and stuff on New Year's and special occasions. Right. We give you whiskey. Yeah. And I didn't drink, so I had. I must have had about ten cases of different kind of whiskey, and I would notice that when I. I'm supposed to have only key to that room, but I would notice I would open up a bottle of whiskey, a case of whiskey. I would see it that had been open, and I would open it, and there would be whiskey missing, like fishing rods and stuff. Uh, I'd go down to get a special fishing rod to go fishing, and I couldn't find the fishing rod. And I said, well, maybe, maybe uh, I didn't put it in storage. Maybe, uh, you know. But uh, I noticed that things was missing. So they knew what I had there. They knew what I had in storage. So when I went to when I went to Sweden and came back, all my stuff, they said they auctioned all my stuff off. And I lost I lost a lot of stuff. I lost my I lost my uh discharge papers from service and I lost a lot of stuff. And just lucky that I was able to get a copy of my discharge and no, I mean my birth certificate back. But I had lost all legal papers and stuff like that. And I lost a lot of tapes. I had tapes. We did a tour of of Italy. We had a, we did a tour of Italy. And so suddenly I didn't want to. Usually he collect the tapes after after each concert. But in Italy he didn't do it because he didn't have that much bags. And so... I thought he. I guess he thought it was better if I lugged the tapes. Over. So I kept the tapes, and he bought me a special bag to put the tapes in. And I bought the tapes back home. And at that time, he would come over to my house and listen to tapes. You know, I had this uh, before before the before, you know when I had this little apartment. And in New York, huh? Yeah. And he would come up and he would listen tapes and we would edit tapes and do photographs and stuff like that. But it come to a point that I sold the house, and so I had to put I had to put everything in storage. And I put what I could couldn't uh, take was uh, tapes that I had cases of those I had cases and cases of those vinyls. You know, they put out with no labels and stuff. Oh, yeah, of the albums. Well, he would bring it to my house to storage. Right. 
And, you know, like when they need to go to some place, we would come to my house and get a case of, case of uh, what's the name? My uh, come, come come to my house and draw pictures on the covers. And yeah. Stuff like that. So I had uh, I had these cases and cases of vinyls, and I had I had uh, I had the original tapes, edit tapes for you know for that they used for to make the mothers. But then after he make the mothers, he would leave them over my house. Okay. And he got to a point where he trusted me. So I had a lot of stuff, a lot of some of stuff, and. Uh, I lost all that stuff in storage. When I came back from Sweden, I couldn't find it. So uh, I talked to some people there, and they said, "Well, what they did with the tapes, the guy that uh, the guy Barry Hash tapes I also lost. But I was lucky on Barry Hash's tapes that I put them on cassettes. But uh, so I asked the guy about things that I really needed to have, and he said, "All the tapes and photo and and negative files and all. The guy didn't want them." They put them in a dumpster. So I tried to trace the, trace the dumpster, and the dumpster went to some place in Ohio, to some kind of landfill. And so uh, that was a dead end. I don't know where they went then. All I know is they went to some place, and I think it was Ohio. I think it was so hard. Oh man, that's uh... so. I lost all the negatives. I lost. Uh, well, I, I lost a good deal of the negatives. I did all the. I lost the negatives that I had done between, between, '79 and the time the time that that uh, Sunrise died. I lost all those negatives that I did a Barry Hess when he had the, when he had the, uh, Jazz Cultural Center. I really had a good, good negative file because a lot of musicians that would come by and sit in, and I would take. I had really good pictures, and I lost it all. The only thing I got left is some, some bad pictures that I have. You know, when you do pictures, you do bad copies. And yeah. Paper costs so much. I just didn't throw them away because I could always use them for reference. Right. And right. That's the only thing I have left. But the the real pictures now that he's used, Barry uses a lot, those negatives are gone. I see. I see. Yeah. Do you still have you still have photos from the '60s and stuff like that? Big pardon? You still have photos from the '60s? Yeah, I have those photo photographs. Fortunately, those photographs I have, but they was in the they was in the fire in the big house. And what they they scorched some of the negatives, and I lost a lot of the negatives. But I got I got some left in uh, the 60s. I got I got uh, uh, when I was taking when I was coming home from Sweden, I was taking a lot of pictures of sunrise and stuff like that, and pictures in Europe. Now what happened with that was those negatives I had in Sweden. So I still have a lot of I still have a lot of negatives. Oh, okay. oh, that's great. And that's the, good to hear. Uh, the recent ones that I took after after I still got you know I still have I still have a lot of negatives. Is there any chance of publishing publishing these in a book of some sort? Is anyone interested in doing that or? Well, if someone was interested, you know, at this time uh, uh, I have a problem. I still have uh, darkroom equipment, but I have problems with my eyes of focusing. You know, so to go into the dark room to get a good sharp picture uh, takes me a little while. 
because I got to wait till my eyes get adopted, and then I have to use a special kind of lens to to focus uh, to focus the enlargement. So I stopped doing so much darkroom work. So what I do now is when I take take photographs, uh, say uh, if I do uh, Barry has a place I go and I take the photographs. I take it in color. Then I get the color, I take it to a, to a place and just let them make the four by fives copies. Then I come home and I scan it and come into my computer. And that way I get a, I got a, a pretty good scanner and I got a pretty good printer. So I get pretty good quality. And I get, I can get up to eight by 10 color shots. So that's what I'm doing now instead of, instead of doing darkroom work. That's what I'm doing now. So. It's, it's a little more expensive. Color film is expensive. Yeah, true. Do you know what I found out? What's that? Black and white is becoming more more uh, expensive than color now. Because no one does it. Because nobody, no demand for black and white anymore. Right. It used to be. It's especially it was now. <laughs> demand for black and white. Now the demand is for color. And black and white, if you want it, you got to pay for it. So uh, the chemicals. Some of the chemicals. Uh, uh, are expensive, you know, to buy black and white chemistry, and some, some, I guess, some of them going out of business. Like, uh, well, they certainly changed the chemi chemistry, and I haven't been developing black and white negatives, so I don't know what's the best chemicals in the best film anymore. Which I used to do. I used to know that. You know? Okay. Uh -huh. I go to do a shot. I go to do a, a photo shoot. I, I go before to look at the light and the lighting conditions, and maybe I have to use flash. Then uh -huh. I would know, you know, how to develop the film, what film to get, and all of that. But now it's uh, I don't have that experience, so it's hard for me to keep up the development with black and white development. You know. It's hard for me to to uh, keep up with black and white. So what I do is I just take color. I know I got two color films or three color films that I can trust, and I know how to. I learned how to use them. And uh, the problem is that you can't take available light. The film films the films are the film speed is so low that you it's hard to take color. Uh, Available light pictures like in nightclubs and stuff because they have these now they have uh, red lights and blue lights and and you get the you get this color shift and it's hard to correct. So usually now if I if I have to take some pictures uh, in a nightclub or something like that, what I do is I go in three or four days and I talk to the manager and I tell them I have to take it in this flash and it's important for this and they usually allow me to come in and take take flash pictures and that's the way I get around because with flash I know the color temperature of the flash and I can match it with the film and through experiences I know which film best films uh, for my 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 color flash so I, I do that but I'm coming out to Los I thank you what's Los the name of it's, it's the uh... it's June June 21st I'll be out there I'll probably be out there June 20th but the, the festival is June 21st and it's for for three days or four days but I'm going to be there for four days and it's all all paid everything is paid you know that I work for a construction company okay now, which I do a lot of work for uh, photographic work for but uh, they just found out about me 
through the book that Sun Ra, you know, the book that uh, John wrote on Sun Ra. So they kind of kind of impressed. So my boss has got a brother that works in uh, for a film for a film companies in in California. You know, he does the still pictures for. So he invited me out for four days for the jazz festival. And he's got a place for me to stay. He got me press passes and all of that stuff. So apparently he was impressed with some photographs that uh, he saw that I took of his sister's wedding. And then reading the book, I guess. And so uh, I got invited to. And I've been sick, and so that's another reason they they want me to go to California and have a rest. And, 